I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You can live a long, healthy life. If you're HIV positive, with the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Welcome to the Five Yard ITP pod with me, Nate Davis. Today we will be reviewing week five and getting you ready for week six. Evening, Brent. How's it going, buddy? You all right? Not too bad. Evening, Rushers. How are we all doing? Better than me. Probably better than me. Had a rough time of it down in London, people. It's just about recovering. Just about. What a weekend it was. It was, yeah, absolute cracking. Um, can't knock it, but uh, yeah, the fans were great. The stadium was great. Everything was good. Um, but today I spent most of the time running to the toilet. I got dodgy, dodgy kebab after the Hippodrome, I think. Yeah, it's my, only my own fault, but there we go. I bet so... Well, we won't be eating there this weekend then. Oh, God. Probably (laughs) will. Nathan's gone out and done a wreck. He's found all the dodgy food. (laughs) Probably will be. That's the problem. That's the sad sad part about it. But, um, but yeah, yeah. So, how did you find it, mate? Did it look look all right on the telly? I I don't, I haven't even watched the game back. Well, to be honest, I, I just about stayed awake through it because I'm like an idiot and I stayed up to watch the, the Fury fight till the wee small hours. So, uh, yeah, sort of powered through and had about an hour's kip and then watched the um, watched the Jets-Falcons game. But yeah, looked good. Stadium looked good. Um, yeah, it was... Um, it was. Um, I know Andy, our, our mate, you know, big Falcons fan. I'm sure he's he's come away from it happy. I thought the Jets were disappointing. 
Um, you know, that I mean, a lot of fans there. I think they were they were talking about it on the the ATN pod this morning, and um, you know, the the guys down Hansus and the, the big Jets fan, they were all there, and he, he reckoned they were outnumbering the Falcons fans something like three, four to one. Um, yeah. Even though it's supposed to be a home game for the Falcons, which you know it's never yeah. quite works out that way, but um, yeah, it's a good yeah, win for the Falcons. Yeah, it did uh, feel like that fans-wise. I think there's definitely more Jets fans there than the the Falcons side of things, but I think you know it, it's just it was definitely dominated by the the randoms. You know, there was shirt different shirts everywhere. Um, definitely that took the majority of the stadium up. Then you had the little pockets, but but yeah, no, it was good. It was a good day. Good day paying for it now, though, mate. Paying for it now. Right. Yeah, Got to do it all again this week. Absolutely. <laughs> before before we go much further, right, as you all know, Manscaped are our sponsors, and they are a market leader in men's below-the-waist grooming. Um, they've just released the, the lawnmower 4.0, which is an absolutely fantastic bit of kit. Um, one of the best things about it is the skin-safe technology. So you get no nicks on your bits and you can receive 20% off with the code five yard at manscaped.com. It really is a game changer and uh, you, you are missing out if you do not have one. Um, so like I said, it's 20% off at manscaped.com with the code five yard, five yard. Right. So on to this week's games, Bren. I mean, you're kicking it off, aren't you? Thursday night, big one. Bucks yeah. Eagles. Yeah. Good. Good game in, in prospect this. So um yeah, Bucks coming off a, a week five win against um my Dolphins. Um forty five to seventeen was a little bit flattering for, for Tampa in the end. But hey, they're four and one, they're top of the NFC South. So um yeah, so it's a little bit hard to gauge the, the Bucks defence uh, based on the, the week five performance against the Dolphins. Um the Dolphins' offense worked hard. They were in the game up until, you know, they they, they fought up until a, a pretty much a fourth quarter blowout um, by Brady and Co. But um, ultimately, I don't really think Miami had the the offensive weapons on the field to to really test you know the Bucks' defense. And you know, it is as we touched on before a Bucks' defense that's been a little bit short, a little bit banged up. So um, hey, a win's a win. Um, Standout performance, well, a couple of them. Um, one of my favourite players, Shaq Barrett. Uh, he's having another consistent season, um, sort of picking up where he left off, um, you know, towards the end of last season, uh, racking up 17 points, one and a half sacks and a forced fumble. Um, even then, to be fair, he's been slightly below his projected numbers, but he's still putting in, you know, consistent fancy numbers for me, um, even if he is a little bit low the, below those projected figures. So, um, as a whole, I think this Bucks defense has been decent this season. I don't, as a, I think Shaq Barrett is somewhat indicative of it. I don't think they've quite hit the, sort of the defensive stride that they were in towards the end of the regular season, going into postseason um, last year. Um, but they've been, you know, they've been decent. You know, not not quite there yet. But um, um, on the waiver watch and outside of Shaq Barrett, probably the standout performer. Um, their 24-year-old corner, again, they've, they've been short in the secondary. So um, this week, Jamel Dean, um, you know, stepped up, racked up 19 and a half points, including a pick. Generally showed very good coverage. Jalen Waddle struggled to get open, you know, most of the game from from what I saw. Um, and um, yeah, you know, just good coverage all round, did the basics right. A um, couple of 
you know, good pass defend defended as well. Um, moving on to the Eagles, surprise win against the Panthers. I think we both thinking back fancy the Panthers. Um, so yeah, good win for them. Twenty one eighteen at Carolina. Uh, the defense really stepped up in the second half of that game. Um, they put a lot of good pressure on Darnold. Um, they were helped. Sam Darnold missed some makeable throws. Um, they had him for three picks as well in, in the second half of that game. Um, so it, it was a bit of a game of two halves. Uh, Darius Slay racked up 26 and a half points, including a couple of those picks. Um, I'm still seeing him on the waivers, but I would bear in mind that Rawley had a bit of a day of it yesterday, uh, at the weekend. Um, that's the first time this season in five weeks he's actually gone over 10 and a half points. He has been close to yeah. single figures. So I wouldn't read too much into that just yet. Um, Alex Singleton, another player I like at linebacker. He's again, a bit like Shaq Barrett, been fairly consistent, another 17 and a half points. Uh, Josh Sweat actually had one of his better games. He's been a little bit below par this season um, in the DL, 14 and a half points. Jevon Hargrave is someone we've, you know, we seem to have mentioned a couple of times already this season. Um, out of one of his quieter games, still racked up, you know, picked up a sack and 14 and a half points. Um, in terms of where to go from a fancy perspective this week, um, I'd probably be sticking with your regular tried and tested Tampa players. Um, although Philly had a, you know, it was a good road win, and, and but they showed again in that first half that that offense is prone to not so much mistakes, but again, they, they, they blew another touchdown with a, a crucial penalty, um, which, you know, they seem to be, they've done that a couple of weeks on the bounce now. Um, I think Tampa will try and step up and put a bit of pressure on, on Hertz. Um, regarding Philly players, uh, I think Hargrave and Singleton are, are worth a shout in most matchup, you know, matches. Um, their, their fantasy numbers back that up. They are, pretty you know they've been fairly consistent this season um further back in the secondary philly i i can't see slay having a repeat week six um not against this you know i mean after what brady and brown and evans did you know in that fourth quarter against the dolphin i mean they just shredded them um you know in the, the final sort of 15 minutes so um I, i'm sort of leaning towards i'm not sticking my neck on the block with any players outside of sort of your tried and tested players with this one um I'm not sure. I'd, I'd lean towards the Bucks. I think coming off the back of that performance, they they really did show in that fourth quarter that when they put it together, and they're not going up against some half-assed secondary. You know, the, there are some, there are still some good players in that that Miami sort of DB line, and um, they made it look very easy in that fourth quarter. Um, so I, I, I'd, I'd probably go with Tampa. Yeah, I got, I got Tampa as well. I think it'd be I think it'd be a decent game though. Yeah, yeah. But the Buck Bucks for me is still still just still Eagles still just the lack of consistency in, yeah. in what they do and the way they do it. And it's still the run the yeah. run game still still it's still a not... bit of a mystery, like we said last week. I don't think they figured out what to do with Miles Sanders and they've gotta cut out these stupid penalties. Yeah, they can't okay, yeah. they've got away with it against Carolina, but they, they can't do that against the likes of Tampa. No, they'll have a field day on it. So yeah. Before I jump on to me reviewing anything, I just want to just quickly go through. I got the plan for the IDP leagues. Um, so the bigger plan, I think everybody knows. Obviously, the IDP Plus leagues kicked off this year. Currently, we've got the IDP Plus Dynasty leagues, which will run year on year. Um, but the plan is to tweak and develop the scoring as we go, and use those as um, 
you know the way the way we're going to work things out we never never said we're ever going to get it spot on from the start and there's already a couple of things that I want to tweak and change just to try and get that I think the scoring's really good so far I think everybody seems to be really positive about where you know the the big play points are up are, are put in players in uh, relation to the offensive players and that doesn't feel too two out there um but we will we still will make tweaks as we go the plan then is to at the end of the season we will release all of the information we're going to probably do some get some feedback from everybody that's involved that's what we're going to ask everybody to do and we'll be releasing all the top scorers all the information we possibly can and then what the plan is for next season is to be running five to ten redraft leagues and there will be ten plus best balls all in IDP plus and getting as many people on board as we possibly can. If there is anybody already that is interested in that side of things, just hit me up um, on Twitter at NATO NFL um, and I'll get you sorted. Brent, do you want to go again? Yeah. And go for the big one. Say oh, the big God. one. It's a big one because we're going, but this is one we've got to, we're going to have to go and, watch, go and watch live on <laughs> watch the highlights again on on the monday but um yeah so ooh, the dolphins at the jags at tottenham mm. so we've just come off the back of talking about the bucks um as i say that i don't think the 45 17 scoreline is quite a fair reflection of of the game you know as i've just mentioned um they were in the game but brady just hit the gas pedal in the, the fourth quarter the secondary have got to be better this week against Jacksonville. Um, Xavier Howard, for all the Bucks were good. Um, Xavier Howard, Eric Rowe, Byron Jones all had opportunities to make plays and didn't. I, I had put down they were they were poor. I, I think that might be a bit harsh, um, but they've definitely got to you know step up. Um, I mean, when you consider probably the the pick of the secondary for Miami was Jevon Holland in his rookie season, and even he only racked up nine and a half points. Yeah. So um, that's pretty indicative of, of just where they were um, last Sunday. But the DBs have got to be in play this week um, simply because they're going up against a Jags offense with Lawrence, who's improving week on week. I think we saw better things from him um, last Sunday. The receiver core just isn't giving him a lot to work with. He, he, it feels to me he's having to do an awful lot of this work on his own, you know, roll out and he seems to be dropping quite deep, looking for extra space, time that he, he's, he's not going to get against better defences. Um, in the linebacker position, Jerome Baker, he came in for a lot of criticism. Um, I've been, I'm not sure why. Um, I, yes, he missed some tackles and it was one thing I highlighted with Baker back in the summer. He, for all he's a very good, consistent play, I, I, even I noticed him thinking, come on, you know, you've got to make that. Um, but he still racked up 21 points. Uh, it was the best fancy performance um, of his season, actually. And he, he, he picked up another sack. I also think Florence, you know, will be pushing the DLs to, as I've touched on, to put pressure on on Lawrence because he's been prone to dropping back. I think if they can force that a little bit, um, get him to take a few few more steps back, put that added pressure on him, force some mistakes. So as well as the DBs, I still think, you know, Wilkins, Ogba, Jalen Phillips, who had his best fantasy week um, against Tampa on Sunday, 15 and a half points. I think they're all in play I, I, simply because this is a must-win game. For, for Miami and I think Flores you know is, is well aware of that Ooh, moving on to the Jags um, 
week five loss against the Titans, um, 37-19. They dropped to 0-5 uh, despite three sacks on Tannehill. But let's face it, of late, three sacks against Ryan Tannehill is a good week in Tannehill's book. Week six, I'm possibly looking at the Jags DL. Okay, the Miami pass protection isn't as poor as the Titans, but it's not stellar by any stretch. Who we're looking at? Uh, Clevon Chasen, 23 and a half points was was the pick of the bunch for the Jags. Picked up a sack. Josh Allen, again, seems to be someone you and I have mentioned a fair few times in in the first five weeks. Um, Picked up another 17 points, including half a sack. The nice thing about those two, again, they're both LBs you can play at DL. Um, Also, uh, Smoots, uh, Edge, racked up 18 and a half points, including one and a half sacks. Uh, I found both Smoot and Chasen on on the waivers. If you are short with some buys coming up, um, you could probably do worse. Um, Summing the game up as a whole... um, I've, I've got to go with Miami simply because this, as I said before, this is a must-win game for them. I think the defence will be better um, because off the back of this, we've got a home potentially winnable game against the Falcons before we've got the Bills again. Um, I think they dropped to one and five and, and that's it. They're going, to, they're going to start asking some real questions. Um, this is still a good defence. I, I do believe that um, if we've got two are back then, but they've got to produce this weekend. Um, you know, they've had some problems, but they'll also have to stop Robinson um, on the ground game. who had a, a pretty good, you know, despite the loss against the Titans, he racked up, um, you know, uh, more yards than Derek Henry actually for the Titans. Um, so, um, and that, as we all know, that's an area Miami have struggled in. So, um I am gonna. I am gonna side with the Dolphins. Um, I still think they've got a better defense. If two is back, I think they've potentially got more weapons. It will hinge on, you know, Fuller and, and Devontae Parker's had a knock as well. So even if two comes back, will he have the weapons? But yeah, Miami win hopefully. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going Miami as well. I'm going Miami just because. Yeah, just because I can't back the Jags at the moment. I don't really want to back you neither at the moment. I mean, the way I, I still. <laughs> Like you said, I, d- I don't think. I mean, the defense are decent, but they gotta get they gotta get some consistent, either consistent run game going or whatever. I don't, I just don't. I, f- I felt it was quite bitty from the Dolphins. I mean, it was was it two touchdowns Gaskin had, wasn't it? Through yeah, the air. Well, yeah, nothing. Still nothing on the ground, and that's that's a worry. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. For me, for me, you know, because that just just cements the way that they're going to play. But then, you know. Okay, so I'm Vikings at Panthers. Oh, the Vikings again um, had an interestingly close game. That's what I've written, interestingly close. It was at, shocking again from, from my point of view, really, against the Lions in, in week five. And we had our kicker, Greg Joseph, to thank for the win. <laughs> Pat, it's not really not good. Um, IDP scoring in week five for us, for the Vikings, were as follows. Um Everson Griffin, he scored 24 points, which included two sacks and a forced fumble. As we keep saying, he's a must pick up. And he's actually a play week on week at the moment. I don't particularly like this matchup for him. Um, however, yeah, he's, st- he's, st- he's still he's still there or thereabouts. And, you know, the, the thing is, you've got to remember that teams pay so much attention to Daniel Hunter. And it, it often means that Griffin has the chance for a sack. Then after, after Griffin's 24 points, then came Eric Kendricks. He scored 19.5 points. He dropped off a bit this week in tackle count. Um, but 
this is interception. That's certainly helped him out points-wise. Um, Daniel Hunter did score 17 points. He, he got a sack. And uh, DJ Wanham also, he got involved as well. He got, a, he, got a, he got a sack as well, coming off the bench and grabbing one. DB's uh, Harrison Smith tackled well at DB. He got 40 with the next high score of 14.5 points. Um, so as you can, yeah, you can see Vikings putting some decent points even in that in that match this weekend um, for the Panthers in Week Five. It was an it was an out of sorts performance, really. I think most people that were watching in the Hippodrome we were quite shocked actually at it, exactly um, the performance by Darnold and really quite quite how how well I thought this I thought the secondary of the um, the Eagles played. The game started with Darnold getting picked off by Darius Slay, and and that then the game swung back to the Panthers. If anybody saw it, I, I'm not sure how the Panthers missed that defensive touchdown in the second quarter that bobbled around the end zone. They did pick up a safety, um, but it's incredible play that was for the Panthers. Dante Jackson then forced a fumble in the third quarter that that was picked up by Gen- Jeremy chin and I thought then the, the game might t- turn back towards the Panthers but yeah Jackson picks off Hurts again and then it was like surely surely now they're gonna they're gonna bring it home and Donald threw another pick to Darius Slave Philly got back into the game and won it with the special teams turnover and then it all finished up off with Donald being picked off again so it all in all it was a terrible day for the Panthers and will they bounce back against the Vikings will that same thing happen again I think they will bounce back. And I don't think the same will happen again. I don't particularly, I don't quite know what, what went on. I don't know why Sam Donald felt is that he had to wear it out as much as he did really in that game. I felt that he took a few gambles that he didn't need to do. And I don't think he'll do it again. Just one thing, obviously the, the, the Vikings may still be without Dalvin, um, Dalvin Cook, or they might be playing him slightly injured. Um, and the Vikings don't look right at this moment in time with Cook being out. I think that's making a big, big difference, even though um, Madison played quite well. But back to the Panthers, um, from a defensive viewpoint um, in week five, we had Hassan Reddick, 31 points, two sacks in that, um, two tackles for a loss. Reddick's putting up some top numbers. And do you know what? He's, He's possibly on track to finish the same way the same kind of scoring as he had last season when he was at the Cardinals. And he he really, he was up, I can't remember where he actually finished, but he was definitely in the top five or six uh, when playing him at DL. So 31 points, a hell of a week for him. I uh, mentioned Dante Jackson. He had a day. He scored 20 points. AJ Boy, he scored 13 points. He's somebody to keep an eye out in, in, the, in the backfield uh, because obviously they're light. They're missing quite a few big corners at the moment and if he's back I think he's going to be the main guy on the field so he's been uh, he had um, disciplinary issues it was a suspension start of the season then he was injured I think for the week three week four he was partly back but week five was his big you know his big his big game really um, so keep an eye on him he could be he could be a, a a player to watch moving forward that was pretty much it from notable scorers from the Panthers in week five so I'd say apart from the obvious suspects and the players that I've mentioned there, I don't really have anyone special that I would target apart from those in this game because I think it's going to be quite a tight affair. Oh, I've got the Panthers edge in it. I just have them at home, Cook possibly out or 
beaten up. Yeah, and I just don't... I think that's the worst thing that could have happened for the Vikings last week was the, the Panthers' loss for me. And the way they lost, I think they'll come back spirited and I think they might just pip us. Um, thoughts on that, Bren? Tough one to call. Um, like you say, if, if, if Cook's out, then um, I think... I, I, I'm not sure why, like you say, Darnold sort of put so much pressure on the, you know, the passing game. It certainly, is all right. I know, you know, CMC, you know, he's, he's missing, and but um, yeah, I think. Um, I mean, you, you've still got two two decent defenses there, um, as, as we've highlighted in, in previous weeks. So, um, but you know, the old sort of wounded animal adage comes into play, and you think. You know, the Panthers had a good start to the season or a decent start to the season. They won't want to see it slip away. Um, not I think CMC might be back as well. He might be back. Yeah, he's still is something that um, yeah could. Uh, I, I think yeah. I mean, that's a, I think CMC's back this weekend. Then I think yeah, just Panthers take, at home. Yeah, yeah, just take that limelight away from from Darnold's performance, which was you know we we were starting to really rely on Sam Darnold, and it wasn't the week that we ex- expected from him. Um, mm. It's a bit of a bit of a knockdown. But anyway, so who you want to next? Okay, moving on to uh, the Chargers at the Ravens. Um, Chargers arguably coming off the back of possibly the most entertaining offensive game of um, <laughs> week five against the Browns. Absolutely um, 47-42 is absolutely bonkers. <laughs> um, so yeah, big, big, big home wins. Go four and one, stay on top of the AFC West. Um, not one for the defensive purists because it was all about Baker and, and Herbert's offense. Uh, and yeah, 41 points scored in the last quarter. It was just, yeah, a bit batshit mental. That said, um, Derwin James, um, focusing on the charges initially, um, Derwin James had a big day, um, 34 and a half points, 17 tackles, one for a loss, one sack, one forced fumble. Um, he's a must start at the moment. Four out of the five weeks so far this season, he's been over his projected numbers on um, in fantasy. Uh, Nasser Adley is someone I think I've mentioned before um, in the secondary. Um, had a decent day, 15 and a half points, and still floating around on the waivers. So again, coming into... He's um, awful though. He's fucking awful. <laughs> But good at fantasy, Alex. Well, again, he's one of those like, people target him. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's one of these where you think, well, he's he's put up some half decent fantasy numbers, but oh, no. would most most sort of front offices sort of be falling over themselves <laughs> to sign him up? Probably not. But uh, yeah, that's the difference between the real world game and and what we're talking about, I suppose. Sometimes. Uh, Charges side of it, Joey Bosa's been a bit disappointing so far for me this season. I know people are going to start him because it's, it's Joey Bosa, but um, his numbers haven't quite been there. Um, but then week five just showed that you know, this was all about the Herbert Herbert fueled offense, um, you know, and it's um, yeah, sort of it, it could be a similar game against Ravens to be honest. Um, I'm not yeah. sure it's really one we want to be looking at in too much depth in terms of IDP. Um, moving over to the Ravens. Definitely all about the offense, isn't it? Amazing. Yeah, I think so. Um, moving on to another daft game from week five. Um, the Ravens uh, beating the Colts in overtime, 31-25, but they had to rely on that man, Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think Mark Andrews as well. I mean, all the talk 
yeah. on Monday was about oh Jackson did, but he was he was everywhere he needed to be to get him back into that game and Jackson found him consistently. So yeah, dragged them back from a twenty five nine deficit. Um, you know, just just pipped it in overtime. I, I'm a bit worried about this Ravens defense actually. I mean to be giving up twenty five po- points against this Colts team um at home as well um and as we said up for my money this Colts team is just bang average okay if you're going to look at sort of IDP yes okay you're going to be starting Patrick Queen um so um you know you'll play him but since he's you know he racked up 22 points in week one against the Raiders since then he's had a couple of okay weeks but again I've got to be fair to the guy he's only 22 so from a dynasty perspective if you're looking yeah. at someone long term, then uh, the other 22 year olds um, is worth looking at, and he's already had at least one or two big plays this season. Is uh, Jason Away, who's um, probably the pick of the week from some mediocre defensive performances elsewhere from Baltimore, um, 14 and a half points, including the sack. As I say, I'm, I'm still a bit twitchy about this Ravens defense going up against, um, um, you know, going into week six. I know they're four and one. Um, and at home, but they let this Chargers team out in front like they did against the Colts, and they won't be reeling them in anywhere near as easily, if at all. Um, also, something to worry about, you know, Eckler seems to be running, but they're not just relying on, you know, Herbert Eckler's, you know, he's pounding the ground well at the moment, and Herbert just can't miss when they have to go to the air. He's just been laser accurate in, in most of the games in the last few weeks. Um, so, from an IDP perspective, I'm not. I'm looking forward to the game, but I think it's another offensive shootout. Um, so I think, a bit like the game you've just touched on, I think you you start you you tried and tested. I mean, there is an argument for sort of Claire's Campbell who made some crucial plays. Um, I, I was just watching the highlights of the um, the Ravens game. You know that that tackle for a loss, and then he, yeah. he stepped up and blocked the um, you know. Uh, block the kick as well. So, but again, he, he's had a couple of good weeks. But he's, he, the guy's thirty-five. You're not going to be looking for him as any sort of long-term IDP solution. But um, you, you know, fair play to him. He had a good game. But um, so um, yeah, I've, I'm taking the Chargers in this one. I think yeah. they're, just, they're just really I've starting got, to, to roll now. I've got the Chargers, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if there's another massive shootout. I, I mean, I think that. I think the Chargers' defense seems to be really bang average when it comes to actually stopping teams scoring on them. And the Ravens, yeah, seems to be pretty similar, really. Um, I've a, tried to put a positive spin on that. I know, it, yeah. There's, there's a few bits and pieces there, but it's nothing to get terribly I mean, excited about. For the guys going for the offensive players, it's been going to be good fun, I think, on that game, uh, reviewing that one. But defensively-wise, like you said, mm. yeah, probably one maybe to sort of semi-swerve, really, um, apart from, like you said, big names. Um, now, one not to swerve, I've got um, Rams at the Giants. Ching-ching, IDP fans, ching-ching. Um, right, so the Giants had an injury nightmare riddle game against the Cowboys in week five. However, the tip of pick play by Lorenzo Carter was probably the highlight. Defensively, the Giants, they worked hard with... I didn't think with, with, with any real reward as they seem to spend the majority of the game on the field, the defense, they did score some decent IDP plus points. And there are a few players that I recommend having a look at picking up. Um, 
Reggie Ragland um, scored well. Seven tackles, tackle for a loss, pass defended, and a fumble recovery. Um, he, he, for me, is worth a, an ad. And also, um, Ty Crowder, um, who's starting to put, he's starting to put up some real consistent numbers. And I, you need to take a look at this. What he's doing with Blake Martinez out, um, he's had over eight or over tackles in the past three weeks. Um, so he's somebody, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be saying to pick up. Um, going on to DLs, uh, top Giants DL scorers in week five. Austin Johnson, 19.5 points. That included a sack. And as I mentioned, Lorenzo Carter. Yeah, it, it was it was quite a low scoring week DB-wise, really, with, yeah, looking at it, only, only Logan Ryan, really worth a note. 11 points he got, so nothing really to write home about. But yeah, like I mentioned, those linebackers and a um, couple of DLs of note there. Flipping over to the Rams. Um, the Rams, they're still looking decent. Four and one now. They're in the hunts for me. Fancy them against this banged up giant side as well. Um, they've done just enough to win, win in Seattle. It sounds like Stafford's finger's going to be okay. Um, and it was nice to see Bobby Trees getting some targets. That's just just a little thing there, offensive-wise. Um, don't know why I checked that in. Um, the d- defensive performance against the Seahawks, it was quite mixed. It, um, but the matchup against the Giants, that's that's when you should be drilling at. And I'm sure they are some chance for some big points against Danny Dimes. And they're going to be missing Barkley as well. So he hasn't got anybody to sort of maybe take that sort of pressure off when things aren't going too well. Um, and I, it's no doubt he's going to have to he- air it out for, for what I would say would probably be large periods of the game if the Rams get in front. So for me, the Rams pass rush are definitely in in this game. Um, and the secondary, I double stack them if you can. Aaron Donald is an absolute huge play this week. He's got to be on that. You know, this is the this is the one game where it's one of those games that you're going to circle. But obviously, you're not going to be able to pick up Aaron Donald. We all know that. But you might be able to pick up Leonard Floyd. Now, Floyd, I don't know. You shouldn't be able to because he scored well in the last few weeks. So he should have already been snapped up. But if he isn't, pick him up because this is a this is potentially a day. Talking about days, Sebastian Joseph Day. <laughs> Look at that. Um I mentioned I mentioned him last I week. I think you wrote that. I know. Unbelievable. I didn't actually. I just just <laughs> put that in. Um but yeah, Sebastian Joseph Day mentioned him last week. Um so he may already be gone. Um I know other podcasts also mentioned him and people have been talking him up before the game last week. But this is an even bigger game for him. So, yeah, Sebastian Joseph Day, Leonard Floyd, obviously Aaron Donald, if you've, if you've got him. Yeah, if you've got him, you don't start him. There's something wrong with what you're doing. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the big points in week five, they did they did come from Donald. 28.5 points from him. Um, and DB Nick Scott, who got that pick. Um, towards it. Um but not really picking out those players because I don't really think they're going to be relative for this game. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey, he's going to be well in, involved, I would think. Um, I like Taylor Rapp in this game. He's, he's somebody who I would be looking um, for these wild sort of like Daniel Jones off-balance throws through the middle. Taylor Rapp might be looking um, in the hunt, but also his tackle count's pretty good. Um, so, yeah, but... All for me. All of the Rams D are good to go in week six. I'm all in in on the Rams going five and one. Um, 
and I see some big scores. So, so yeah, that is definitely not a game to swerve. It's not a game to swerve on the other side of things as well. Like I said, the Giants, the Giants, D, I expect them to still score quite consistently, but it'll be big plays from the for the Rams. That's 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 what I'm hoping for. What do you reckon on that, Brem? Yeah, completely echo that. Um, this this Giants team is. They've been unlucky. I mean, we've got to be honest. I mean, they've, they've, had to, they've had to suffer a, a, a lot of injuries to crucial players on both sides of the ball. You know, Martinez, Saquon being out again. They've had, you know, wide receivers in and out of the, the roster. There's been no consistency for for Jones, and God knows that that was what he needed coming into the season. Yeah, um, and I'm like, I'm not. Perform. I'm not saying that. The thing is, is he actually played quite well. Mm. It's just from an IDP perspective, he is always a dream sort of matchup because of the way Danny dimes plays yeah. you know he will take those risks and he will hold on to the ball yeah. for long and, periods or and the run more, himself and the more, with his yeah. head into the <laughs> you know onto the turf but um, yeah but but again like you say from the rams perspective um yeah dream matchup because the more weapons you take away from you know from daniel jones the more he's got to air it out and take risks and and Okay, he takes it down and runs with it, and he's prone to turn it over and you know fumbling it. So, Jibril um, absolutely smashed him. Couldn't yeah, do you see him? God, yeah. poor fella. So, um, yeah, completely agree. And, and the Rams all day they long to win that one. So, um, yeah, I think that's um, like you say, a bit of value on the giant side of it. But um, right, do I have to do this next one? Texans at the Colts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <If you want. laughs> well, they both had interesting weeks. Um, so let's start with the Texans, the away team. Um, they lost a week five matchup um, at home to the to the Pats, um, but it was close, twenty two twenty five, and they played well. To be fair, I mean, I was I was sitting there watching it, you know, cheering on Mills because you know it's against the Patriots, um, and yeah, for three quarters they, they were. I think they were in the game and um, ultimately they lost out some to give the Patriots their dues, which I, I don't like doing, but you have to sometimes. Um, good game management, clock management in the, the fourth quarter to, to sort of tough out uh, the result. Um, from an IDP perspective uh, from the Texans, uh, Terrence Mitchell in the secondary had another decent week, um, 16 points, um, including a you know an important... Um, Force fumble. Um, I found him floating around on on a couple of waivers, um, and he's you know he's had two decent fantasy weeks on the bounce for me. So um, against his Colts team, if you are looking a bit short in the secondary, um, he is out there. Uh, so actually, is Lonnie Johnson? Um, didn't put up huge numbers, thirteen and a half. Um, had another pick um, following on from the one he had against the Bills. So he seems to be sort of trending up a little bit uh, since week four. Um, and then Christian Kirksey at, at linebacker, um, who I think we've mentioned before, uh, picked up another 18 points. Um, also floating around there on the waivers. Um, and I think he's continuing to have a good season. So there is some fantasy value on this um, you know, Texan side of things. Um, I think the DBs, you know, could could be in play. Um, my concern really is what, you know, can they contain 
um, Jonathan Taylor, who after a slowish start seems to be, you know, finding a bit of rhythm. He, he did a fair bit of damage against um, against us in Miami the other week. So, um, so whether the DL can sort of contain him, but then I can see you smiling over there. Everyone runs the ball through Miami. Um, <laughs> moving on to the Colts. Well, we've already touched on that game. Um, you know, a, a, an overtime loss um, at Baltimore. Um, so. Again, another team that saw a winning margin snatched away from them, as we've said, thanks in part to or largely to to Jackson and and um, Mark Andrews at tight end. So, um, like Houston, though, they were in the game. They played well for the first three quarters. I don't know what happened this last week. Everything went, everything happened in the fourth quarter. Um, so, uh, Darius Leonard, linebacker, is still an obvious starter for me um, out of this Colts defense. Racked up another seventeen and a half points. Um, and I think he'll be up for this. You know, this is a crucial, you know, divisional matchup. Um, and I think the Colts will be a bit pig sick after, um, you know, not seeing that game out against the Ravens. Uh, Kenny Moore, someone we've mentioned once or twice um, in the first few weeks of the season at corner, uh, picked up another 14 points. Um, so, and Barr, he had a fairly quiet week against the Dolphins, but bar that, he's been, you know, putting up some some decent fantasy numbers. Another waiver watch, I think someone we've mentioned in passing before, um, Bobby Okariki at linebacker. Um, he's at double fantasy you know, points, double figures in the last three weeks. So has uh, so Mohamed in the DL. He picked up another 18 points. So there are players, again, com- coming into sort of bye weeks where you might be looking at sort of bringing someone in, even if it's just for um, you know the, a week just to fill a gap. Um you know, two teams that are not really looking, they're not going to achieve anything this season. But I think maybe because of that, some of these defensive players have been overlooked. There are some players there that are picking up, you know, some decent fantasy numbers. Um, I'd like to see a bit more from DeForest Buckner. For me, on the Colts side of it, he's been, he's had a quiet three weeks um, mm. after initially having a good start. But again, this could be an ideal game for him. Yeah. Um, so he, he is he is a good player. Um, and I think if you've got him, um, this is the sort of matchup where um, I think, yeah, I think you'd, you'd sort of be looking at him doing better. Um, I've got a Colts home win for this. Um, I think yeah. they'll lean on Taylor um, as they've started to do in the last couple of weeks. If they can establish the ground game, then they're not as reliant on on Carson, which is where they've kind of unravelled a bit. I think in in early weeks of the season, um, so they seem to be trying to get that ground game established. Uh, Hines backing him up. Um, I think the Texans might struggle to contain that sort of dual threat. I think most of the threat obviously comes from Jonathan Taylor, um, but uh, I think and I think defensively the Colts have more to offer. I've highlighted a few Texans players, but I think when you drill down into it, the Colts have. I think they've got a couple more quality players on the defensive side of the ball as well. Um, and again, you know, the Texans are, are playing with, you know, one of your favourite subjects, uh, a rookie QB. Although he looked, he looked, yes. yeah. he looked good last week. So, um, yeah, I mean, the problem, that's the problem is the Texans at the moment. I mean, they should be the, they should be the, the, the easy bet. I mean, we walked into the Hippodrome halfway through and the bloody Texans were winning. And it was, yeah. And again, it, they constantly, surprise put it that way that's what they've been they've surprised that they they haven't just they, they haven't gone away quietly every week they just don't you know they do they do eventually but it, it seems to the teams have to work a bit harder and I think that'll be the same for the Colts this week I, I haven't seen anybody really fully blow them out yet 
Um, but yeah, I have got the Colts. Just, just again, you'd struggle not to. So that takes me on to Chiefs at Washington. Oh, the Chiefs, um, it's a shocking performance by their secondary for me in week five, which obviously Josh, Josh Allen just fully took advantage of it. Um, they so many times people were open to the point it, it did, did just get a little bit silly towards the end for me. What does it mean, I suppose, as the Chiefs moving forward is the kind of question that we probably everyone's asking themselves offensively and defensively. Oh, I expect there will be some kind of bounce back. Just I'm not sure whether this is the game for them. It's got to be a it's a terrible game for them after that. Um, they could have done with with a game against the Texans or or. or or, or being back at home, but um, going to Washington, Washington would be uh, possibly uh, rubbing their hands together on this. I do expect the Chiefs to win it, but I think it would be quite a tough game. Washington in week five, they they couldn't really get it together. Unfortunately, they just suffered in the secondary. They gave up just those big plays too many at the wrong time, unfortunately for them. They looked like, every time they looked like they were going to, get in front and then get away and, and actually dominate the game. They give away a, a give give away another huge play. Um, you know, the Callaway catch in the end zone and well a couple of them. Um and a couple of times just yeah, Kamara just ran in with nobody seemed to be anywhere near him really. So it wasn't a particularly great game defensively for Washington. And that it was you could see that from the points wise as well. It it was they didn't have a DB in the top 50 points wise, nobody. Um, Cameron Curl top score scored with a mediocre 10.5 points, which sounds all right, but it, it actually it isn't. At linebacker though, they've they've got their star performer in Cole Holcomb. Um, he had a good game again. Um, 17 17.5 points he put up, and up front they done okay points wise. Um, they did get a, they did get a fair bit of pressure on Winston. He just didn't. Like it doesn't often with Winston, you know, the the, the guy throws falling sometimes, and that that's what kind kind of happens. Um, and he he tends to make those throws. Unfortunately for them, Chase Chase Young scored well, but it was DL Deron Payne who he got the sack, fumble recovery, and a tackle for a loss, and he was the top man of the week for the for Washington. I quite like this matchup though for Washington. Um, and I feel I feel they'll get pressure on Pat Pat Mahomes. I, th- I do. It could be a it could be a great time, like I said, to play to play Kansas City, and they might do some strange things. They've just put, obviously, just put um, Hilaire's just gone on to IR, so it, it, it's not all plain sailing for them at the moment. It's far from it. So you know, there may be a pick or two, there may be a sack or two because Mahomes might do things that he, you know, he might not be as in control as we we usually see. There isn't anybody. So from the Chiefs, what? Chiefs side of things, there isn't anybody that really stands out that isn't a well-known name. Yeah, from the Chiefs side of things, it's a, it's a little bit of a mess from what they're doing and who's the consistent player. Apart from Nick Bolton, who we've talked about a few times on this podcast. Nick Bolton, he top scored with 17 points in week five, and he was very much the best of a bad bunch. Um, I worry on his snap share, though, because Willie Gay Jr. is coming back, and he's yeah he's back from IR, so... I I would proceed with caution if you've got to pick anybody up. Why you'd got to pick anybody up from the jet um, from the from Kansas defense? I wouldn't bother at this moment in time. It's a little bit all all over the place. Jerry Sneed is he's the lead sort of consistent DB 
the consistent scorer out of them. So he's possibly the one that I would I would look at playing. Like I said, obviously Nick Bolton, but yeah, just be aware that that snap that his snap share could change. I'm not I'm not high at all on the Chiefs defense. I'm picking the Chiefs to win the game. I quite like the Washington D in this, but it's going to be the big names, the guys that we we all know and love in the mix. So yeah, I'm going going Chiefs, but it's going to be a tight one. It's a bit odd looking at the Chiefs, sort of you know sitting there bottom of the division at the moment. And um, I know there's a, a lot of talk. I mean, we've already touched on on Herbert and the the Chargers, and there, there are a few of the pundits saying I could I could see him possibly topping this division. And back in the semi, thinking no, you know I, I you know they've got a quality QB there, but yeah, the, the Chiefs at the moment. I just, I don't know what's wrong. Like you said, the, the, we're not high on the defence at all, which is primarily what we're here to talk about. But that offence I mean, doesn't really seem yeah. to be clicking. Um, like Sanders, said, I home, mean, Sanders took a couple of those bloody catches where actually sat down in the end zone. Knox mm. strolled in a couple of times, nobody anywhere near him. And it, it was just like, I just feel that it just, I don't know what's going on. I don't quite know what's going on. It's all like, they're going too mad trying to, trying to, pick off Josh Allen, you know, like you had DBs running out of position, I think, to try and make it, make big, big plays where they, it just doesn't feel like there's anybody, it's like they haven't got a captain, a defensive captain yeah. on that field, running the ship and saying to him, Oi, you know, what, what are you doing? You're out of position, you're a couple of yards off. But yeah, they've ripped them apart. I felt that the Bills, you know, going, going to our head and doing that. that well, we, we, yeah, I mean, we said last week that if this would be you know, a real statement of intent off the back of, you know, some other important wins. And if they could go to Arrowhead and do that, then they were the real deal and, and had to be considered, you know, one of the mm-hmm. one of the favourites to, to go all the way this season. Um, I, yeah, I agree with what you say about the, the Washington D. It's a, it's a good matchup. We've been saying that for you know, the early weeks of the season that we, we, we had expected a bit more from them. Um, certainly the big big name players, you know, like the young and sweaty combination. Um, we, we haven't quite seen Yes. Okay. As you said, Chase Young had a, a better get. Holcomb's been consistent. We seem to mention him every week. I suppose the, the only question is, despite how mediocre the Chiefs defence have been in recent weeks, has that Washington offence got enough to really... You know they're not going to they're not going to do the damage anything like the, you know what we saw from from Josh Allen and the Bills Chiefs to bounce back purely because well two reasons they've got to otherwise really the the division's going to get away from them um, and I I don't think the Washington offense no. will will have enough to I think they'll cause some problems on defense and you, you've covered that off nicely but I yeah. I, I don't think um, the defense aren't that bad. They're not what we were expecting and, and should be seeing from, you know, the runners up of last year. But um, I don't think Washington will have, have enough no. going forward. Okay, moving on to um, one of your favorite matchups. I'm sure you'll be recording this while we're down in London. Proper old school NFC North matchup, this one. Uh, Packers at the Bears. So both coming off. Good road wins, one and two in in the NFC North. Which, I think Pack, I Packers Packers game still going on, isn't it? Is it still just kicking? <laughs> okay. Crosby will get one in in a minute. <laughs> yeah, so Packers a week five, uh, one at the Bengals, but they needed overtime to do it. And yes, that was no thanks in large part to Mason Crosby fluffing his lines on three field goals. Um, 
I think this week the Packers DLs will have to they'll have to sort of work hard to to stop a you know the Bears pounding the ball. Um, you know they got the ground game working well against um, against the Raiders, and that was without Montgomery as well. Um, so they they seem to have you know established a, a a bit of a theme with with the run as well. So um, for the Packers, you know, uh, looking at the likes of sort of Kenny Kenny Clark being in play. He had a, a, a decent sort of 15 and a half points um, last week. Preston Smith, who I found out on the waiver wires, you know, picked up 14 and a half points. Um, another player we've mentioned on and off, um, linebacker Chris Barnes, also out there on the waivers, um, 17 and a half points. Um, and then assuming they can, and I, I think they, they probably have got the defence to do it, if they can slow that Bears running game down, um, you potentially be looking at someone I've had in and out of, of a couple of my teams in, in the last couple of seasons. Um, but I've always found a bit inconsistent, a bit frustrating. That's Adrian Amos. Um, but he did pick up 20 points um, last week, including the pick. Um, he, he, he is prone to having good games. And I think this might be one where he is in play. Um, so um, he'd be worth a look. Um, I guess the other question is whether we see, I don't know whether we'll see Jalen Smith this week. Um, he's marked down as as sort of, or he was marked down on sleeper as out, um, not injured, but I, I believe the Packers are saying that he's just, you know, taking time to get, get to grips with the, the playbook and, and settle in. So um, whether we see him this week against the Bears, I don't know. Um, the Bears arguably had an even better road win for my money, against the Raiders team. We haven't said anything about the Raiders yet, have we? But um, nope. so, must maybe for one of the, the other guys to cover off on another pod. Um, but yeah, uh, Raiders, you know, an away win for them, you know, kept them to single figures. Um, I did mention the other week that the problem with this Bears defence is that whilst it's a good defensive unit, from a fantasy, fantasy perspective, it's still, for me, basically, it's a two-man team. It's the same. It's the same names that we're mentioning, every, you know, seemingly every week, and, and it's Khalil Mack and, and Roquan Smith. So um, Khalil Mack went over twenty points again, twenty-one and a half points, including a sack. Roquan Smith, by recent standards, had an awful game, just the fifteen and a half points. Um, but they've. I was going back over the, the first five weeks. Now these two alone have racked up close to two hundred fantasy points in the first five weeks. One hundred and seventy-six points they've picked up, and there's no one else on this Bears team. Although again, it's one of those. It's a good team defense. I think they're well drilled. They're well organized. I like the way they. You know, they they don't do anything outside of Mac and Smith. Anything spectacular, but they control that that game for the most part against the Raiders. Um, but the problem is you start looking at the, the fantasy, the, the IDP numbers and no one's consistently putting up double figures. Really? You know, it, it's, it's difficult to find any value outside of those, those two obvious players. Um, I think some in the game up as a whole, the Packers for me off the back of that Bengals win, um, uh, win the game. Um, Primarily because watching Rogers and Adams, yes, I know they needed you know time to do it, and the kicker had a mare, but they Adams and and Rogers really seem to be in sync, and um, yeah, if they're clicking, then I can see it being a, a tough day for that Bears defense. Um, so they, mm. they seem to have gotten over that sort of the early 
the early sort of glitches they had. So, um, um, but yeah, yeah, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna I'm gonna have my punt on this one, and I'm gonna go Bears. Um, I know what you said about Adams and Rogers, and yeah, that's probably the big problem for me. But I just got a feeling. I just just got a feeling that. The Packers, they couldn't get, again, they couldn't really finish the game or get hold of the game. And that kind of concerned me why they didn't. I know Joe Bur- Burrow and Jamar Chase done some amazing stuff. And, you know, you look at that and go, but still, for me, they should have been able to manage that game and finish that game. And because they didn't, and like you said, the Bears win was was quite surprising. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm just having a little cheeky, little cheeky Bears. Going for the cheeky Bears. There we go. Um, yeah, there you go. Right, where am I? Cardinals, Cardinals at Browns. Wow. Have so, you finished apologising to all those Arizona fans yet? Or are you still working? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, love no, I'm, 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 I've, I've switched. Look, at the end of the day, he's on I've board got, now. I've got no problem if they're doing this. If they're doing, they are at the moment brilliant. So there we go. That's not a problem. It's when they're not brilliant and they keep telling me they're brilliant. You're like, I can't deal with it. Anyway, right. There's my rant. Right. Okay. The brains. So the brains, they gave up and scored a lot of points in the shootout against the Chargers. So it was far from a defensive masterclass. Um, a lot of blown coverage and missed tackles. Um, so so yeah, we're not gonna say go on, you you want you wanna look at how to def- defend. Let's get let's go and have a look at that. Um it wouldn't be there. Um but there were decent IDP plus points scorers. Um Greedy Williams. He's had two great weeks back to back with some decent tackle numbers as well from him. So, yeah, he's you just got to keep an eye on injury news on him because he has he picks up a shoulder issue and we're waiting to see what that means and if he's going to miss any time. But he's somebody that I I I like and he's 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 looking decent. Mars Garrett is continuing his dominance. Um, he had another good week, posting eighteen points. Uh, Malik McDowell, he got to Justin Herbert, so he managed a good week, but he's not really consistent, so wouldn't just just call that a one-off for now. Troy Hill, he scored over 10 points for a second week in a row. Drew side of things. It's not a favourable match, though, against the Cardinals, as we mentioned. As I mentioned, they are flying, literally. This moment in time, it is, it is, it is really good from the Cardinals at both sides of the ball the way their game management is being put together and they're making big plays at key times. And I'll talk about that straight away. So let's go on to the Cardinals. But a Baker, he picked off Trey Lance really early on. Um, and that was that really catapulted that performance straight away. It got everybody, it got the crowd up, it got the team up. Um, it was a big play. And that's that's why that's what makes him one of the best players. Uh, one of the best safeties there is, but it was it was kind of an ugly game. It was it was quite an interesting game against San Francisco, and this is why I'm so, suddenly like like I'm saying I'm really quite behind the Cardinals at this moment in time because they went and played dirty. They played it, you know. They done the not the pretty stuff, you know. There was some there was some, some difficult catches by D Hop, some difficult throws by Kyler, and there was you know James Connor is pounding the ball the way they. The way they move the ball is is quite regimental, and yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. Um, defensively, points wise in IDP plus, um, Zach Allen 
he had his best week of the season sacking um uh rookie Trey Lance and and JJ Watt he, he caused havoc all game and he was right in Lance's face. He posted his best numbers of the season. So uh, Cardinals fans have been sort of like waiting for that performance and, and he definitely had it in week five. 18.5 points it was. But a Baker 17.5 points. Obviously that pick, which was a big play. Isaiah Simmons also he scored he actually scored okay. He he did leave the field for for a concussion check at one point, and that's why I think it did dent his points slightly. Um but yeah, yeah, this week I fancy I fancy the cards to get to Baker. I do. I think that the the there'll be a point in the game where it might be there might be a big play coming and um yeah it could be a sack first fumble uh false fumble turnover it, yeah I just I just I just fancy it this matchup this is definitely my this is my game of the week this is the one I'm I'm really looking forward to because you know the Browns could could do something because they they're still a decent outfit um uh, I've got the cards winning it though yeah and I've got I would look at their they're big defensive players again to come and step up. So again, it's be, these aren't waiver wire players. Obviously, you know you're not going to find some of those big names, but but they're definitely in for a big week, I think. What do you reckon, Bram? Yeah, on, on the face of it, you'd, you'd have to you'd have to go with the cards. You can't argue with a five and zero record. Um, but the win over the Niners, rookie quarterback, it was probably expected. The Browns for me, it's a bit like it's a bit like the Packers Bears game we've just touched on. If I was going to take a punt on someone who possibly wasn't necessarily the bookies' favourite going into the game, the Browns might be it this week. Um, I think their problem and the frustration for their fans is, I mean, you saw an offensive sort of shootout last week. Um, in weeks past, you've seen the defense sort of, you know, because we had that two-week period where Baker just seemed to be a bit all over the shop, but Miles Garrett and co seem to step up and, and sort of bail them out. If they can put that together on both mm. sides of the ball. Um, and I think that's been the, the problem. If they can do that, everyone knows how good they are potentially. Um, the, the, the head would say, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go with the cards, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Browns did hand them their first defeat of the season, um, I think it's a, I think it's an interesting matchup. Like say, probably the game of the weekend, um, and um, I don't see the Cards going undefeated for for too much longer. I think someone will step up and and sort of put a stop to it. Um, I think the Browns have got the tools to do it. Whether Baker can, you know, keep his head and and whether the defense can can put together another performance like they did in. in what was it, week three or four? Um, then when Miles Garrett racked up about fifty-five points, then yeah. So I I I got a sneaky okay. leaning towards the Browns. So go on then. So that'll be you wrong. Go Browns. Go on. What you want? Cowboys at Patriots. Cowboys at the Pats. So another team I'm I'm keen on at the moment. Um, not the Patriots, obviously. Um, so Cowboys <laughs> week five, that'd be a shock to everyone. Um, Cowboys week five, went over the Giants. Well, we've already touched on the Giants, banged up, unfortunate, a lot of injuries, but uh, the Cowboys offense doesn't care about things like that. It just carries on rolling over teams at the moment. Um, so yeah, com- fairly comfortable win. They're out there in front in the NFC East, um, four and one. 
Um, the NFC East is a little more competitive than what we saw last year. Um, but again, we've got to focus on uh, that man, Trevon Diggs, uh, number one corner for me at the moment, number one corner for everyone, I think, if you look at the stats um, in the league right now. Another 18.5 points, another pick last Sunday. Um, this LB core, uh, Mika Parsons and Van Der Esch, you know, chipped in with, with some, you know, some decent performances. Uh, Parsons pick of the bunch with 14 points. I just wonder whether the, the Jalen Smith, I mean, we, he, he didn't really seem to sort of be fitting into that um, that sort of LB rotation that was going on. Um, so I just wonder with him out the door now, whether it'll all settle down a, a bit and we'll start to see a bit more sort of consistency there. Not that he was, he was really featuring, you know, getting a whole load of snaps anyway. Um, on the waiver watch, I mean, the last game you, you just covered off, it's all about sort of the big name players and you've got to sort of, play safe. Um, one that surprised me actually, and going back to the, we've touched on how good Diggs has been at, at corner, um, Anthony Brown. Yeah. Um, now, he's currently on sleeper down as a number three corner, and he is out there on the waiver wires. He's picked up another 18 points um, last week, including a pick and a, and a TD as well, an IDP TD. Um, but I was going back through the numbers. This, this guy's been consistent. Uh, week four, Panthers, 18 points. Week three, Philly, 15 points. Week two against the Rams, or it's the Rams, 10 and a half points. First week against the Bucks, 14 points. He's scoring well. And, he, you know, he's in double figures every week. And he is out there on the waivers. Um, so if you're looking for a bit of hidden value, then, you know, he's um, Brown's, Brown's got to be worth a look, surely. Um, Patriots. Week five, as we've said, you know, sort of grounded out in the fourth quarter against Texans. Um, yeah, given their due, they toughed out a road win. Um, as I've said before, good game management in that fourth quarter. They're not a fun team to watch at the moment, if I'm being honest. It's a bit functional, but then Belichick's got no problem with winning ugly. Defensive highlights, again, someone we seem to mention every week, Matt Judon. 29 points. Monster game. Another two sacks, three hits on the QB on top of that. Um, You know, a fumble recovery to boot. You just, you you know, if you got him, you start him. It's it's just, he's nailed on. Um, You know, it's three weeks in a row that guy's gone over 20 points in IDP. Um, And he's he's the shining light in a defence, which, whilst it's an improvement on last season, I think even the Patriots fans would admit the defence was a bit of a car crash last season. We expected them to be better. I expected them to be better than they have been. Honestly, um, so I, I think outside of Judon, um, Carl Duggar played okay, 12 and a half points. You know, he's out there on the waivers, but against this Cowboys offense, no. We did, I think, I'm sure we called it last week. We we called that that Judon Duggar hmm. Duggar stack, and do you know what? That would have that would have that would have yeah, worked I mean, some if, points if, if you started them both because. Um, they were playing the Texans. We didn't expect the Texans to be maybe as good yep. as they were. Um, but yeah, but this week, mm, nah. um, Cowboys all day. I mean, this 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 off, this offense is just like I said, it, it's just rolling at the moment. Um, they've got a solid linebacker core there, which I think is is settled now or fairly settled. Um, and they've currently got the best corner in the league. Um, yeah. So from front to back, it's I, I don't see. I don't see anything other than than a Cowboys yep. win and and them sort of jumping up to to five and one. So, Same here, mate. I've got yeah. Cowboys as well. So it's a nice, I'm, nice, easy one that one. 
that was yeah yeah raiders raiders at broncos so um tight game for the raiders against the bears and obviously it didn't turn out the way they wanted it car didn't really get going for me in the game this he got sacked uh by Khalil Mack early doors and in then get, he got picked off in important moments of the game points wise not particularly great with the yeah, and, and what with the the news, obviously, with Gruden is gone. So now it's probably not the best way um, for them to go into this game against the Broncos. However, week, what, week five was good for Yannick Ngokwe. He registered two sacks. Um, he scored 20.5 points in IDB+. Plus, but that was pretty much it on a, when you go through all the points side of things. There really wasn't much else from the Raiders. Yeah, it was a, t- it was a tough game for him. Um, especially against that. It was still a run-heavy Bears defense, and um, yeah, they really struggled to stop it. The Broncos also had a tough time of it all. Um, they co- they come up against Big Ben, which his arm suddenly started working. It's working again, and it's working quite well. It's amazing. I think Chase Claypool, he's back fit. He must have said to him, you saw that arm out, and he did. <laughs> he sorted the arm out. Chase Claypool was pretty much unplayable at times. Um, and points-wise, yeah, it, you know, it, they sort of struggled in the secondary. I think Simmons done all right. But apart from that, it wasn't great. The, the top points was probably Malik Reed and AJ Johnson, linebacker. They put the tackle numbers together. Uh, they're both players of interest to me, but not um, particularly in this in this matchup. It's not a particular game that I would look at because it's extremely hard to predict what's going to happen in this one. You've got a Raiders team that, was looking all right and now looks maybe broken. Denver team, that wasn't a great performance. A lot of people moaning about Teddy now. So yeah, it's a tough one to call. And I wouldn't I tell you what, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be rushing to the bookies to put some money on this one. So it's it does worry me though trying to predict it from a defensive side of things. So I'm not really gonna yeah, I'm just gonna I'm not gonna dwell on it actually. Yeah. I think I think I think for me the the, the Broncos will win it. But I don't think it'd be particularly pretty so yeah that's it not doing any more on it already just flick through it and look i just looked back through while i was going through that then i just went back through the stats and then i thought yeah i wonder why i didn't write much (laughs) no i I think you're spot on um i think that was a very below par, uh, par broncos we saw um and the whole gruden thing that's that's broken last um you know yeah the the team it's got to have an effect on them um, yeah i mean so. it might it, you know these kind of things i mean you might find that that game goes off it could go off and it in a funny way it wouldn't be the biggest shock however you can't predict it you no. can't because there's nothing to say it will or it won't um no, and it's I mean, just it, the players it could, it could be 9-3 it could be you know but both teams consistently on across their players as well. Then they're a little bit up and down when you look at. They haven't got um, some front runners. They haven't got you know. You couldn't say that week in week out you should be starting their secondary because they're racking it. You know they're they're making quarterbacks throw on them. Neither team are doing it. Hmm. So for me, you you know, well the Bears Bears just ran all over the Raiders and yeah. um, and Big Ben. He did, yeah, they did they. The Steelers did well. I thought they, they were good. And there you go. So, yeah. Move on. Okay. Uh, moving on to the late Sunday game. See, well, we've just talked about Big Ben. So, we've got the Seahawks going to the Steelers. Um, Seahawks 
week five lost to the Rams. Um, they're a frustrating team, Seattle. Um, has a poorly finger. Yeah, you know, Mister Unlimited, my ass. Um, so yeah, they've they've dropped to two and three uh, in that loss to the Rams after and in what was and we we highlighted it. Um, a couple of weeks ago, you know, they needed that week four win at the Niners. They got it. Um, you wait to see if they can kick on. Um, but after that, you know, you've got the cards going five and oh, the Rams are at four and one and the Seahawks just really aren't in the, in the hunt in this division at the moment. Um, Jordan Brooks, the linebacker had a, had another good game, um, trying to sort of focus on the positives defensively. Um, he picked up 17 half points against the, the defeat to the Rams. Uh, Quandre Diggs, um, at DB had a, a decent game, 16 and a half. Um, again, another player is floating around on waivers if you're a little bit short. Um, there might be a little bit of value, I suppose, in that Seattle DB, although we've not been too enamoured with it. Um, but it seems Big Ben seems to have remembered how to throw the ball, but he's throwing it well at the moment. So um, I don't think he's going to be prone to, to too many mistakes. Uh, Seattle's front are also going to have to be mindful of the fact that um, Najee Harris... Uh, finally sort of stepped up and ran for over 100 yards, um, including a touchdown. Um, and um, so, yeah, the Steelers looking a bit more potent uh, against, you know, the Broncos who, who you know, weren't great, as we've said. Um, I'd like to see some better numbers from the usual suspects, um, you know, Bobby Wagner's and, and Jamal Adams. And I think they, I think they will be better. Um, you know, that was a tough game against the, the Rams as as it always is. You know, we've already said we you know the Rams are, are gonna be contenders this season. Um going to the Steelers, well, you've already touched on it. Um they seem to have had a three week holiday and now they've sort of woken up and remembered how to play football again. Um <laughs> after that week one, you know, they seem to be basking in the, the glory of that week one win over the Bills and just took three weeks off. Um Defense, yeah, did a solid job shutting down the Broncos um, until you know it was it was a bit too late for for Teddy to try and sort of force a comeback. Um, you know, picked up a couple of sacks, crucial pick in you know in the fourth uh, fourth and goal. Um, so they made big plays at, at big times. Um, that, you know, that fourth and goal stop was in the last ten minutes, and that was really that was the game done then. Um, obviously, they you know they are benefit from having sort of TJ Watt back he had a quiet day of it um on sunday but i think just having him back in the lineup is you know he's, he's crucial it's a it's a big factor for me Mick fitzpatrick um had a season high um in fantasy so far 16 and a half points um devon bush racked up another sack got to the qb a couple of times um you know what cam hayward showbert you know the usual suspects all racked in with 10 points plus so it was a good you know, team defensive performance. Um, but, you know, and again, you know, those are the obvious players that you're going to play. Uh, in terms of waiver pickups, the Steelers, no, slim pickings. I mean, all the all the key players are, are going to be taken. Maybe there's an argument for a, for a Terrell Edmonds or something if, mm. if you're after a bit of DB cover on a bye week. Um, you know, he's had a couple of 15, 15 points all weekend. The problem is, is trying to call the game. You're just not entirely, you know, will the Steelers sort of go again? It's, this is a match that we go, which version of Seattle and, and Pittsburgh are we are we going to get this week? Terrible um, consistency. So, you know, again, you've got two, two and three teams who you know, 
when the, when they're good, you, you look at the scout, you know, Seahawks going to the Niners. Um, Pittsburgh looked good last week, but in the mix of all that, you've seen some very, you know, a, a real mixed bag. Um, so, but I, I th- I'll take the Steelers this week off the back yeah. of that, that Broncos performance, I think. That's yeah. the, the only way I'm, I can rationalise it, really. I'm going Steelers, especially on the rest injury as well. I think that, that, that really tips it for me. Yeah, at Steelers as well. I just don't see the Seahawks. Um, they're really banged up. I mean, I, I don't, don't know if Carson's fit and all that kind of stuff as well. It's just, just not looking particularly great for him. Okay, over to me to finish off on the Monday Night Football. Wow. Um, what an absolute week five was an absolute banger for both of these teams. Bills at the Titans. I mean, I think the Titans had they had one and three in the top scorers, Kevin Bayard and um Harold Landry in in points scored. They were one and three, number one and three. So this is about this stacking. You get it right, you win that. They people who if you if you stack those two, you've won your week. That's pretty much it. Yeah, absolute banger of a week. However, so what happened in that Titans-Jags game? Um, so the recovered fumble and touchdown by Kevin Bayard, that set the wheels in motion really for the whole game. But their secondary did give up some real soft plays um, against the Jags and that kept the Jags in it. However, the soft Jags defense, they couldn't contain Derek Henry um, and that, you know, that was pretty much the game done. Bar picked off T-Law again in garbage time. It finished an absolute great day for him. He, he finished with 35 points in IDP Plus and he topped the week scoring, as I said. And and Harold Landry, he was our pick from last week. He got two more sacks under his belt. Yeah, we could kind of, you could kind of see it coming and it did happen. We kind of tipped it and it happened. Um, we uh, So celebrations all round. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Going over to the Bills, the Bills, like I said, like we said earlier when we talked about the Chiefs, they they done it, they done it in Week Five. They beat the Chiefs, they beat the Chiefs, and Josh Allen found his targets wide open against that shite secondary performance from the Chiefs. Um, the Bills have now they've they've put that sort of bit to bed now. Whether they can beat beat a beat a big side, it seems to happen to them every year. They get that question asked of them. I don't know why they always seem to get a they get a, get a bit of an easy run of games. Everybody's jumped on that bandwagon and then they do beat one of those teams um, and they've done that now. So they can just crack on with doing what they're doing. Um, They have a matchup this week with against the Titans. This is the one for me and I'm going for, I'm going for Bill's players. Greg Rousseau, he, he he top scored points wise for the Bills. Um, He got 26 points. I'm really excited by him. I think he's he looks a real decent player um, and he causes absolute havoc. He's a little bit boom or bust at the moment, but I, like I said, I love this gamble. You go with him um, up against Tannehill. Could be some sacks on the game uh, for him. Um, obviously, secondary-wise, um, with the Bills, we know they've got some big players. They have got some... They are carrying some injuries um, with Mika Hyde, Jordan Poyer. But the guy that nobody's really talking about is a guy called Taron Johnson. He just signed, he scored 19 points at the weekend. Um, he, signed a, he signed a big contract last week 
and he played absolutely light, light out, um, lights out against the Chiefs. Yeah, he, he, his tackle, it, I can't remember how many tackles he had, but he had an absolute shed load. I think it was 12. So that was his tackle floor. He's such a guy I'm high on. I, I think Taron Johnson is somebody that people should be targeting. I worry about the Titans secondary against Josh Allen. He had no issues in, in finding Diggs, Sanders and Knox. I know we mentioned that the secondary in um, the Chiefs was, was particularly poor, but I think there was elements of the game that the the, the Titan secondary was poor against the Jags. Um, and I, I, I felt there was, that was part of the reason why um, I know, I know obviously James Robinson ran quite well as well, but definitely the secondary got opened up. Um, and I do worry about this. Kevin Bayard will be busy. So I expect him to call what score well again, but you're not going to find him on any waiver wires. I think the big points are going to come for the Bills linebackers, the D line as well. Because you've got the heavy run game coming from the Titans and um, and and the most sacked QB in Ryan Tannehill. So yeah, so he's Greg Rousseau is my, he's he's my pick to start this one. He's he's the one I f- I feel like the Bills D could be in for a good scoring scoring day across the board. Where do you think? Where do you sit on this one, Brent? Yeah, I, I think it's spot on again. I mean, it, it's, even with one or two injuries in that that Bills defense, um, the the pass protection at Tennessee's pretty non-existent. Um, I mean, like I said, when we were talking about the Jags earlier, I mean, you know, Tannehill bought it three times and that, that's been a good week for the Titans of late and you stack them up against this. Yeah. Yeah, this, this Bill's front seven and I, McDerm- I don't like his chances at McD- all. McDermott with these weapons is, um, from a defensive side of things, is just, is just, he must be loving it. And I tell you what, mm. the Titans, I, I would be, I'd be worried. I'd be worried. I, I, I do. I do feel that the Bills are really going to get to Tannehill in this, unless they sort that out pretty quick. Yeah, I don't see. Uh, I don't see any indication that's going to happen anytime soon. But um, yeah, so yeah, low, low Debbie on the Bills, and um, yeah, another win for Buffalo. Yeah, absolutely. So that's it. We're pretty much that's done week, there. That's week six. That's week six. Yeah. So this week I'm going to do sort of just quickly do my do my picks um do them slightly differently to uh, i picked five before just random players um but i'm gonna do it do it as a tackle floor player like i mentioned last week trying to get that that player who's constantly scores tackle um tackles well consistently just to give you that that floor of points that you want and then i'm going to pick a one big play player so he's somebody that you can sort of take a punt on and i expect him to go off and then my top overall defensive point score of the week that's what I'm going to do. So my picks for week six, my tackle floor ad is, I mentioned him earlier, Giants linebacker Ty Crowder. Just feel that he's, he's adding consistent numbers. And with Blake Martinez out, there is that opportunity to take it. So yeah, Ty Crowder is the Giants linebacker. I'm going to take his, his, his my tackle floor ad. My big play ad is Greg Rousseau. As I mentioned earlier, great matchup. Um, he had a great week this week. He just just fitting in. He seems to be getting week in week, getting better week in week out up against Tannehill. There's some big points to be had. He's the one I'm going for. Um, my top the top tip for my top point scorer. You know, it's got to be Aaron Donald this week against Danny. Sorry, sorry, Giants fans, but geez, just don't. Yeah, I'm scared for you. Right, that's that done. Jobs are good and right. I'm I'm. I'm off to try and sort my um, insides out before London London round two is upon us. Yeah, so thanks very much. Um, Thanks for tuning in, guys. And remember, keep rushing.
HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.